0: Go on. Go on. Go on. Go on. Fantasy basketball. It's that game where you get to draft your own team. You can play uh, in a league with your friends. You can call your team whatever you want to call them. If you want to call them the Kalamazoo Keepers. Go right ahead, you know, whatever you want to name your team. The Cleveland Winners, man, that sounds good. Whatever whatever you want to call them. But fantasy basketball, I could put together my own lineup, usually by guards, centers, and forwards, uh-huh. a few bench players, a few flex players, and compete against anyone in the world. And it's become this thing that's like a a daily hobby, obsession, competition, betting thing like this fantasy basketball world it's not as big as the fantasy football world I'll say that but it is it is huge it is fun Uh, it can be very time consuming or it can just be that thing that you enjoy the draft beginning of the season you enjoy interacting with your friends I was in a fantasy basketball league with some friends from college while we were in college and then several years after that and by several, I mean like 15. I mean, we it helped us stay in touch. It helped us communicate. Uh, it helped us have some good laughs and some good times. But fantasy basketball, I wanted to talk for just a couple minutes today. For some of us that are basketball fans, maybe you're lifelong NBA, and you might have played fantasy basketball in the past, or you might still be playing it. In fact, our hoops and cards the Discord channel uh, has helped us get together a league for this NBA season, a fantasy league. So thanks to John for putting that together. And for all of you guys that are in that, and gals, I hear there may be some uh, diversity. So I, hey, that'll be fun. That will be a lot of fun to talk about and compete. Uh, I may have shared with you that last season I did play fantasy basketball, and yes, I did win. my team's cha- My team won the championship. And uh I yeah, along the way, I've been investing in some of those players that were on my fantasy team. Of course, they were on my shelf as cards and on my team as an NBA fan before I actually did that season. I mean, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell. I'm like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if those guys were on the same team? That'll never happen. So I'll just put them on my fantasy team, you know? And then the Cavs go ahead and do like it sort of feels like the Cavs are my fantasy team now that they added Karis Levert and Donovan Mitchell and got Ricky Rubio back for nothing. And, well, I guess Brooke Lopez is, is a good, decent backup center. Didn't have to trade away Evan Mobley or any of their key building pieces. But does this does this game does fantasy basketball and the life as a general manager where you're trading, drafting, you're signing free agents, you're talking with other owners, is there any overlap or is any, any take-homes, things you can use along the way that will help you as a basketball card collector and investor? And the answer is absolutely, absolutely. Uh, there is a connection There's some danger to it, too, but it it can absolutely help you see the connection between a player's NBA on-court performance and what it means to his normal NBA team, like the Boston Celtics, and his fantasy team, like the Akron kids from, I don't know what I would name my team, the Akron Gary guys, (laughs) the Akron... Blue velocity, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, the Akron Refractors, numbered to twelve. I don't know what I'll name my fantasy team. I don't even know if I'm going to do it this year. Oh, it's got to be like the the, the Canton Akron Net Marvels. That's what I. That's what I got. Uh, man. The Northeast Ohio Tyrese Maxis. Maybe that'll be my team. Anyway. I'm all here saying there is a connection and I've got some crazy ideas to bounce off of you. One idea that I think will make it worth listening to and I'm going to save that for last. That's going to be the little carrot at the end of the episode or the little you know, chocolate chip cookie at the end of the tunnel. Whatever whatever you need to eat at the end, feel free. But I, I'm, going make it, I'm going to make it worth your while. I promise you, investors, hang with me. I just want to talk about fantasy GMs when you do do prepare for that draft you're researching and making projections for the season or you're at least reading what other people did that way you know you're looking at yahoo or espn or fanball or fantasy you know whatever it is roto world there's there's a gazillion websites out there that do this for you but they project what a player is going to do this season they know how he fits into his team's lineup they know what that team is capable of doing you know there's there's always some things that surprise you, but they're doing things like breakout candidates and sleeper picks and top, top play. Like they rank the top 300 players to draft, right? It's in those lists that a basketball card collector, well, an investor can look at and say, huh, there's a name I don't know so well. Or there's a player I didn't have ranked so highly. Why, why do they have him ranked highly? Why are they expecting such big things from Tyrese Halliburton this season? Hmm. And then they've got, you know, some of these fantasy basketball guides or sites. They've got a whole section or a whole page or a whole, you know, chapter dedicated to that team. And you look in and you read about the Indiana Pacers. If you're a Pacers fan, you might get you might get into this and be like, huh, breakout candidate Isaiah Jackson. Tell me more about this. Why? You know, what do you think about him? And that, that gets you into the business of saying, and in fact, I'll go ahead and say it. The last two seasons, two guys that I have uh, invested in, talked about on the podcast, and watched them break out, like right in front of our eyes, Darius Garland went from being uh, a rookie disappointment point guard to being one of the young, bright point guard stars in the NBA. Well, the fantasy sports was kind of predicting that they knew his potential. They knew what the Cavs needed when they draft him. They knew the difference between him and Colin Sexton. They didn't know he was going to get Colin Sexton would get injured and Darius would have to carry the team, but they believed he could. And they talked about things like what he did at the end of the previous season and when he got more playing time and what the off season was like for him and how they, You know what I'm saying? Like They they follow and track with fantasy sports tracks with reality performances. And then they have to project or guesstimate what's a player going to do this season. Here's some guys we think will break out. And on their list last year, you would have seen Miles Bridges. You would have seen Jalen Brunson. And yes, you would have seen Tyrese Maxey. Now every year has a surprise Desmond Bain. Boo, look at that. Like who knew that he would be so good? Who knew that Max Struess would be so good for Miami down the stretch, right? There's some guys every year, there's going to be surprise dudes, surprise players. But this year, just humor me for a second. Like if you're, you're listening to a podcast right now, if you went through the last month of fantasy basketball players or fantasy basketball podcasts, and they're doing things like sleeper picks, you're listening to Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd, you're listening to Who's going to break out this season? They did an episode on every single team in the NBA. That's pretty helpful. It's especially helpful if I'm looking to level up. And so maybe I'll never be able to afford a rookie patch auto numbered to 99 National Treasures of Luka Doncic. Those things are thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. But if I'm contemplating how much I might be willing to spend for an Anthony Simons, Or a Jaron Jackson Jr. Or maybe even more recent players like a Keldon Johnson, a Devin Vassell, a Brandon Boston Jr., a Malachi Flynn. There are players, you guys, who in a few years, everyone will know what they can do and they will have grown. How much did you grow between the ages of 13 and 19 or between the ages of 18 and 25? You're like, well, I'm listening to a, a, a sports card podcast, so I didn't grow up that much. Hey, man, no, no, you matured. You're listening to one that's here to add value to you as a collector and investor, right? You're not just buying cards because, hey, it's fun to rip wax and maybe I'll get like a Cade Cunningham emergent. Man, some of those prism boxes I open and I'm, I'm like, why did I spend that money? Why did I do that? Right. But if, if you're saying no, I'm going in with a budget. I, I want to know who some of the breakout guys are that that maybe their their growth, their values this year aren't going to track with just the hey, it's down now because the market's down, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it near the playoffs. And like those things are true. But what if you got a guy who last season he barely played, and this season is this season he's averaging 20 points and 10 rebounds, and his name is Precious Achua, right? Or like, what are you going to do when uh, D'Angelo Russell goes down? And you didn't really care about D'Angelo Russell, but you hadn't bought any Jalen Noel. And in his first three games as a starter filling in, Jalen Noel drops 22 points and 12 assists in every single game. You're like, man, who knew that'd be such a crazy sp-? I knew because I told you before the season started. I'm telling you, he's one of those players, along with Quickly and Bones Highland, that if the starter in front of him goes down... You're looking at the next breakout. You're looking at him. Damian Lillard breaks down after six weeks back. Guess what? It's Anthony Simons time, baby. I think it's Anthony Simons time whether whether Dame breaks down or not. But my point is, right? Fantasy sports. You are watching what guys can do, whether they're your starter. And hey, I got Jason Tatum. Yay! Look at my top three draft picks. Well, guess what wins a fantasy basketball league? The free agents you sign in February the players that nobody knew about, that you're like, man, I need to get some threes. I need to get some blocks and steals. I need to get some points. And that's when you're looking at Amir Coffey and Kevin Porter Jr. And you're saying, huh, I didn't know how to say Alperin Shengun, but he helped my fantasy team win. Because when the Rockets needed 15 points and 10 boards, oh, wait a minute, he might be a rookie worth investing in his cards. Guys, this is what I'm talking about, about being ahead of the game. As You're listening to a basketball card podcast. I'm not a sports card generalist. I'm an NBA fantasy basketball GM turned sports card podcaster. right? I played fantasy basketball for I don't know how many years. It was a fun outlet. It was a hobby. It was competitive with my friends. I've got at least four trophies in this room right now as I'm talking to you. I'm um, not bragging about it unless you're one of the dudes I beat in the league. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, you guys. It really was. And you're like, where does how does he like this was back when you could draft Rodney Rogers because you needed three point percentage, and Theo Ratliff was one of the best guys to own because he was always three and a half blocks a game. And Aaron McKee was on my team every season because I needed a twelfth man who could do steals and assists. You know, this is it's it's been a while. But last year it turned into uh I need to pay more attention to what Malik Monk is doing and what guys like, I said, Kevin Porter Jr. that helped me win the league. So all that to say, fantasy sports, basketball especially, they help you stay in tune with what's going on, what players are actually doing, what their teams are doing, and it helps you on a day-to-day basis. So I'll give you a, for instance, next Saturday, if I go to the card show in Hartville, If, right, if water is still wet, if the Pope is still Catholic, I'll be going. Um, I will probably go through somebody's dollar basketball box or somebody's $5 basketball box. And if I'm going through that box and I see a dollar on a teal laser hollow bones Highland, I'm buying every single one of those you have, buddy. If you want to Bryce, Bob, Tom, whoever you are, if you want to bring those cards Saturday... If you're bringing a box full of, you know, rookies you don't know and it happens to have Zaire Williams, I'm grabbing every single one of those cards. Not the Hoops, not the Chronicles, right? Not the Luminance. I'm going for the Laser Hollows. I'm going for the Prism Parallels. If you tell me Sadiq Bay, Red Cracked Ice, thank you, Anthony, I can find a good deal somewhere, I'm going to buy them. I, that's just... But these are players that that aren't on the, you know cover of the magazine, I'm talking about the guys on the Detroit Pistons page and I'm not buying all of them, I probably have a list of 10 to 12, 10 to 15 guys that I'm like, yep that car's, that card is already worth more than a buck or already more, worth more than five bucks but I know what that guy is capable of Obi Toppin, if he gets the chance or when he gets the chance, or guys, guess what, he's already got the chance he just didn't announce it to all the dealers at your local card show Like, they don't know. Every once in a while, I'll get to a guy's table and he's like, hmm, he's already got the Brunsons under the glass case. He's paying attention to the league, right? It happened to me last fall with, like, December and January. I'm buying up Desmond Baines like like they're hot tamales or Skittles, right? I'm buying Desmond Baines and Tyrese Maxis from everybody. And then one day, some guy shows up and he's got all of his Maxis out of the dollar box. Out of the $5 box, he's got the Maxis and the Banes in top loaders under glass cases. I'm like, somebody's catching on. The clock's ticking on the Maxi Bane bargain deals. People that are paying attention to the daily performance of players, fantasy GMs, hey, they know. They know. They know, and they will know before you know and they will buy those cards out from under you before you know it. And sometimes those guys turn out to be just good short-term flips. Other times they turn out to be Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, like Damian Lillard was a nobody to the hobby and then whoops, he won rookie of the year. Like pay attention, that's what fantasy basketball helps you pay attention. It just it just keeps, you know, not that you have to do it that way. It just helps. It adds some competitive juices. But one of the things about fantasy sports, and I'm going to go fantasy football with you for a minute, and then we'll wrap up this not too long episode. I'm going to go fantasy sports with you in a moment with two principles that I think you will want to know and will be worth your time listening to. So, right after the break, we'll get to those two. Principles. Help me. Help me. Help me. killer crossover goes right by my codley. the wickedly talented. All right everybody. now that we're back, we can talk a little bit more specifically about the relationship, the connection between fantasy, basketball and basketball cards. I do think there is one. I do think it helps you stay in touch with what's going on in the league, and that's always good for me and you as basketball card collectors and investors. But let me give you five specific ways, five specific things that maybe are a part of your, whether you've played fantasy sports or not. I think you'll understand these, or I'll explain them for you. In fantasy basketball, we look for guys, we look for players that can produce a number of ways. So, not just the guy that can score a lot of points. I mean, anybody can, can draft Bradley Beal in the fourth round. We want guys that can do lots of things. <clears throat> like the major categories are points, assists, rebounds, blocks, and steals. Assists means he's getting the rest of the team involved. Rebounds mean he's getting the most possessions back for his team. Blocks and steals mean, those are hustle categories, right? Defensive categories. These are guys that play with energy and contribute a lot to their team. Make no mistake, points Still kind of rules, especially if the guys are shooting at good percentages. I was in one of those leagues where we kept track of free throw percentage, three-point percentage, and field goal percentage. So you got to watch those guys that can actually score with efficiency. That means they are putting up numbers north of 20 points a game, and their team wants them to shoot more because they're making 45% from the field or better, 38% from three or better. And 75% from the line, the charity stripe, the free throws, they've got a good percentage there. So I like guys that can do all the things, or at least more than one thing. And they tend to stand out too in the card market, because they. Uh, those are the guys that help their teams advance and win basketball games. So look for guys that can do a number of things. One of the things too about basketball as a fantasy general manager is you might be in a 10-team league with... Eight to 12 players on each roster, so maybe 120 guys are already stuck on teams. You can search and maybe offer trades to the other guys in the league, or you can scour the free agent market. There will always be players who step up during the course of an 82-game NBA season and produce more than you expected them to. Those lesser-knowns that get thrust into the spotlight, they get the chance to start and play more, and uh, they produce they surprise sometimes it's because they are following a guy who uh, leaves a big gap in the team scoring. And then they have to, uh, you know, step up and score in their place. I think about all the different guys in uh, Los Angeles that stepped up for Kawhi or the guys in Portland that filled in when Damian Lillard went down. Uh, You start to see players that, um, you know, emerge from the, the undrafted or second round pick or Players that you thought were never going to play and then all of a sudden, hey, Brandon Clark is going to play a lot in Memphis. He's going to get a lot of rebounds and points in Jaron Jackson's absence. So maybe his rookie cards are going to go up. But if you're watching fantasy basketball and you're looking at those free agents and you're trying to make your team better, you're usually aware of those fringe players. You're more aware of those cheaper sports card investments that have a chance to go up as those guys continue getting more playing time. That's just a budget way to make money or to grow your uh, value of your basketball card collection. If you are aware of those guys who are starting to get opportunities that are starting to prove they belong, that are emerging from the shadows of the, the unknown, right? And they're becoming guys like Grant Williams, uh, you know, and by the way, if you're listening and you're just like, dude, I just want to focus on the goats. Just give me Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Jason Tatum, and Giannis. Like, I totally get that. I totally get that. This is just a, an overview of how fantasy sports and fantasy basketball does give you a little bit of an edge when it comes to knowing the basketball card market, the basketball card potential. So, and in fantasy basketball, one of the, the best qualities of a good general manager, a good team makes really good trades. You'll make two for one or three for two or straight up one for one trades because they fit your team better. Perhaps you'll do the same. Like learning how to make a good deal is crucial in sports cards. You don't don't have to do it. But if you have the chance, it's like uh, cardboard currency. You can trade cards that you have more than one of or cards that you have invested some in but don't really want to hold them long term. You can trade those to get other cards, right, from other people. It's best done in person. I'm not... You know, trade with Facebook group guy or trade with Discord group guy, but some of you guys do it. I'm just talking about trades in person at a show or at a sports card shop where you genuinely have something that they want, they have something that you want, and maybe you throw in something on both sides and you can arrange a deal without anybody spending money. I think this is a great time to do that these next six to eight weeks when the market stays a little bit down. So, trades, that's a big part of. Fantasy basketball and cards, learning to negotiate, learning the value of players and learning to trade based on what you need, what your potential is in your card portfolio. But the thing I'm excited about, you know, I said that thing about, hey, stay around to the end of this because I'm going to give you something good. Here is one of the something goods. All right. One of the something goods in fantasy football and in fantasy basketball. When you draft a superstar player, when you draft a guy in the first round that you're expecting him to carry your team, there's always a chance that that guy could get injured and he could be out for the season. In football, it happened to Joe Burrow, for the Clippers, it happened to Kawhi Leonard, it happened to Zion. A lot of people spent money on Zions. I'm one of them, right? What happened? Well, the injury and... The loss of a season didn't go into the playoffs and the card market went down. Some people sold before it could go down, you know, just to kind of cut their losses and go the rest of us. I mean, some of us held on to those cards, but here's my, here's my principle in fantasy football. When you are drafting a guy very high up in the rankings, let's say that you, I'm just going to go with Cleveland because that's my home team. I need a running back. I'm drafting in the first round. I might take Nick Chubb. He is I think leading or second in the NFL in rushing yards and touchdowns already here in week 5. He's an awesome running back. Right? That was a good first round pick. But one of the things they they encourage people to do if you're going to invest a first round pick or think cards, if you're going to spend $200 on a player, 300, 500, how much, even if for some of us man 50 bucks is a lot of money like you're going to spend money on a on a star player like Anthony Edwards or Ja Morant or for the sake of my little story, Nick Chubb, they say this term, make sure you get his handcuff. Make sure you get, when when people are handcuffed together, one comes along with the other. I think that's the principle. So if you're going to get Nick Chubb in round one, you might want to come back in round six or seven and make sure you get Kareem Hunt. Because if Nick Chubb goes down for the season, then Kareem Hunt has to carry the load. He will be the number one back in Cleveland. Or make sure in round 13, you get Dearness Johnson, the Browns' other running back who had a lot of good games last season when Nick Chubb was out. That's my point. There may be a player that when I buy a big name basketball card, when I buy a Ja Morant, when I buy LaMelo Ball, when you buy Zion Williamson, some of these teams, not, not every team, what I'm about to say is not a universal principle, but it is at least a question that you and I could ask and say, wait. Does that player that I'm heavily invested in financially, does he have a handcuff, a backup, a player who will step up and score more in his absence, a player, a rookie who is actually just waiting for that kind of opportunity? You know, he's not going to make it happen. He's not going to force Colin Sexton to get injured. But when he does, Darius Garland came in and stepped up and became an all-star last season. I don't think that happens if Colin Sexton doesn't go down. I think it was so clear that, all right, Darius, it's your team. Right, you got to score, you got to lead, you got to do it. Same thing happened in Memphis. Ja Morant went down. Well, guess who stepped up? Wasn't just one guy, Desmond Bain. It was also Tyus Jones. Look at what Tyus Jones did last season, and uh, the extension to his contract. And there's a player. You know, if I've got a lot of money tied up in John ja Morant, I'm stockpiling a little bit of Tyus Jones. Or if a trade happens, like we said, bye bye DeJounte Murray. Everybody wants to talk about Devin Vassell, but Trey Jones, huh, I got a lot of Joneses here today. <laughs> Trey Jones is a great player to have as a handcuff. And you can often buy a cheap rookie autograph of this player for maybe 5 bucks, 10 bucks. And if, for whatever reason, the starter or the star goes down and that backup steps in and starts producing well, now he's not going to steal the star's limelight, but he might steal some of the star's stats for that season and see his market go up. It's just what happened to to New England with with Mac Jones went down and Brian Hoyer went down. Now Bailey Zappi, who? This third string quarterback is winning games for them or Cooper Rush in Dallas. A couple of NBA. Let me get back to the NBA here, right? I put some money in on Anthony Edwards because I think he's going to be one of the hot cards to collect, to buy, sell, and trade. And he has a chance to be taking a huge leap here in his third season, probably an all-star but you've also heard me mention a guy from the T-Wolves who if Anthony Edwards goes down, you know, God forbid he gets injured, right? But he does get injured, and God apparently didn't forbid it when it happens. Like it's, It happens in life and in basketball. So what happens if Anthony Edwards goes down? Does that mean they're going to let Rudy Gobert run the offense? Does that mean that they're going to look to Cat to be the leading scorer? No, no, no. They're going to put a guard in named Jalen Noel, who's had a fine preseason too. And he was great the last two seasons, whenever he got a chance and that dude could, I'm not promising you, but I believe he would step up and score 20 points a game in Anthony Edwards absence. So there's a handcuff potential there or last season when Damian Lillard went down and Anthony Simons, boom, just kicked it into another gear. And it's like, what happened to you, dude? Well, everybody on the team looked at Anthony and said, you're Damian Lillard. Now, like, um, I'm the captain now, Captain Phillips. Like I'm it's I'm in charge, right? If Shea Gilgis Alexander goes down, guess who's gonna be the man? You said it, Trey man. That was really funny. All I'm saying is just like in fantasy basketball or fantasy football, you'll draft the insurance policy with a much you know later on draft pick. Pick up that Kareem Hunt, pick up that Dearness Johnson. Pick up that Bailey Zappi, that Taysom Hill. Who is the guy Jimmy Garoppolo that you're going to pick up later on? Maybe there's a cheaper basketball card play that you're like, man, I don't want Kawhi Leonard to get hurt again. But if he does, what is Amir Coffey going to do, right? I don't, I don't want Zach Levine to get hurt, but man, they're going to ask more of Patrick Williams if he goes down. Yeah. Lonzo Ball, how long is he going to be out? That's exactly what's happening in Chicago with Ayo DeSunmu and maybe Kobe White. So know what the handcuffs are. Not all of them. Don't go out and buy every backup because look, he said handcuffs. Like, no, do a little bit of research, right? And say, all right, if Van Vliet goes down, how well do you like Malachi Flynn? Because he could do that. There are players that could step in and score. And I especially look at guys who are younger, guys who have yet to prove what they are in the league, guys that when they've had a chance have scored a ton of points or they're trusted with big shots and big minutes that matter, even without the player in front of them getting injured. They're showing they deserve to be on the court. Get those players. That's those guys. Like, who knew, right, that Ben Simmons would be out for a year because why? (laughs) But that let Tyrese Maxey step in and be the third wheel or the third star on that Philly 76ers team and they needed him to pass the ball and take more shots and well he did right so look for the handcuffs I think fantasy basketball has a lot of interesting ramifications maybe you know something that that gives you an overlap that gives you an edge we've got people in our uh, listeners hoops plus and in our hoops and cards uh, audience today that are you guys are playing fantasy bat. Maybe you already had your drafts. You're excited for this season. But you you're just an NBA fan, right? That's that's probably what this is about. We could say the same thing, maybe about sports betting or, you know, staying up on slam and kicks and all the, the sports culture and what's happening in Golden State with Draymond and Jordan Poole. Like those things do affect what's going on in the court. I'm saying fantasy basketball is one way to stay in touch and to be aware of buying opportunities. The other thing is as you're paying attention to fantasy basketball, you might know an injury happens faster than the rest of us, right? So you can list and sell, or you can buy and react quicker just because you're following the NBA, just because you've got that ESPN Fantasy app on your phone. You get a notification, hey, this happened. Immediately, you might be thinking, oh, shoot, I have that player. Who's the next man up? Oh, okay, it's campaign. All right. Then you have a decision to make, right? Is that guy worth investing in? Maybe, maybe not. We'll try to help you answer some of those as they happen throughout the season, but it's good to lay some of the foundations for that. And then the fifth thing about fantasy sports that I think helps me as a basketball card investor is just patience. You can't win the league until the end of the season. And guys, there's going to be some frustrating moments for basketball card investors and collectors in the next eight to 10 weeks. Like the market isn't going to just all of a sudden rebound you know, with October eighteenth arrival. And it's not going to rebound on Christmas just because, hey, look, Luka Doncic is playing. Like, no, people are going to go through their Christmas and uh, it's still football season. They're still, ha- they're still going to go ahead and have the World Cup. Like people aren't all over basketball. Like you and I sometimes think that, you know, wish they were. So you're going to need to be patient and wait for the best opportunities. Wait for those moments to really win at the all-star gra- game, the Graham. <laughs> all-star game, and at the uh, playoffs and finals. So that's all I got for today. You guys, I'd love to hear your thoughts, your takes. Maybe you don't think fantasy hoops has anything congruent or anything that relates to basketball cards and that's fine, but I'd love to hear your opinions. Send me an email, Gary at hoops that's Gary at hoops or give me an Instagram message, right at hoops and cards Love hearing from you. Love hearing how you found our podcast. You know, um, love hearing if somebody referred to you. And any questions or thoughts or ideas you've got, but we're going to get back to our uh, which players to buy countdown tomorrow with the next episode. So have an awesome week, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Take care now. Bye-bye then. (laughs)